Hey everybody, welcome to another smashing edition of Sex and Other Human Activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa. And my name is Marcus Parks. And we are coming to you from the creek and the cave, creeklic.com, 1093 Jackson Avenue, Long Island City, New York, a marvelous place to come and get you some, perhaps some pork tacos like I just had before Mm. the program. Perhaps some companionship, Ooh. perhaps some soda pop. Yay. All these things and more are on offer. And I'm at twitter.com slash Sarah J. Manicasa. Marcus is at twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. And we are sponsored by sexcusemoi.com. S-E-X-C-U-S-E-M-O-I dot com, where you can get lots of fun sex things and use the code S-A-R-A at checkout to get 20% off your order. Yeah. Oh, Marcus, let's talk about our feelings. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Absolutely. Woo! Um, so this is a program where we talk about sex and one another human activity, but usually we talk about like a bunch of other human activities and sex. Yeah. Uh, I am just not enjoying life today. I'm just feeling I'm having a crappy day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, you're te- you were telling me earlier that working from home's getting you down. Hate it. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. <laughs> Strongly dislike it. At least strongly yeah. dislike it. I've been doing it for a week and a half. It's not. I don't think it's good for me. You know that. Well, I mean, it's very. It's extremely isolating. It's so lonely. I feel so lonely. Yeah. Like I am just frequent. I feel n- crazy. I'm a- alone with with my thoughts in my brain, which I have to say has produced certain things. Like I've started to look at certain behaviors of mine that are unhealthy mm-hmm. that I don't think I would have actually finally recognized as unhealthy and fucked up um, unless – I had that alone time. Mm-hmm. So now that I've realized that and I'm, I went and talked to my psychiatrist about it yesterday and I'm ready to like s- start in and work on it. I'm like, all right, cool. I got this. <laughs> Going to work on it. Time to get a jibba job. And that's the thing is they, for the longest time, like what you all you talked about was I can't wait to quit my day job. I know. It's like, what am I just am I just doomed to? I don't know. To. To not be happy no matter what like is that just my personality type that's kind of scary i think maybe the lesson to be learned here is just that work kind of sucks and you have to get through it no matter whether it's at home or you know at home by yourself or with uh, other people you just got to ask yourself which one sucks less that's a good point because work is never i mean there's there's a quote that I live by uh, that I actually have this written on a piece of paper that's up on my wall. It's from Deadwood, mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows ever and from one of my favorite characters ever, Al Swearingen. And I've got this memorized. Is that, uh, the quote is, in life, you have to do a lot of fucking things you don't want to fucking do. Many times, that's what life is, one vile fucking task after another. But don't get aggravated because then the enemy has you by the short hair. <laughs> <laughs> I live I live my life well it's one of the things that I live my life by but it's it's one of the things that kind of gets me through cuz you know that that's just part of life is having to do shit that you don't like doing the, mm-hmm. the things that you know the things that suck you just have to find many times especially whenever it comes to work and making a living like what sucks less 
you know, what sucks the least out of uh, all of the options that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because that's one of the things that I think people like me and you, we, since our work is so intensely uh, tied in with our personal lives, just because, you know, we, we make our living, you know, on our personalities. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, of course, you know, you just wrote a book, a memoir, which could not be more personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and myself, like I do this radio stuff and it's very confessional and very open about who I am. So our work is also our personalities. It's also who we are. Uh, so it's hard to separate that. It's hard to separate the work from regular life, just from who you are outside of work. Uh, so it's a, it's a tough balance, you know, because people say like, oh, man, I wish I had your job. I wish I had, you know, what you do. Uh, and, you know, it's awesome. It just has a different set of problems. You know, you have pro- like you all you out there that, you know, work day jobs. You have, you know, your set of problems and we have our set of problems. Everyone's got problems whenever it comes to work. You just have to figure out how to deal with them and how to address them and how to make it suck less because it's still going to suck. That's a really healthy attitude. It's like which thing, which thing sucks less. It's um, I kind of if you've never worked from home, here's what sucks about working from home: um, loneliness. I guess if I had kids or a dog, it would be different. <laughs> but I don't have either one of those things, and so it's it's the loneliness. You have to be very self motivated, um, which can be a good thing. It's a good challenge, I think. Yeah. Um, I had to make a schedule and put it up on my wall above the desk where I work. And that was a good thing for me to do. It makes me do things like um, forces me to really value leaving the house and going for a walk. Or um, it forces me to value getting chores done. Like there are chores that I would put off that I do now because they get me out of the house, Mm -hmm. errands, you know. But I just get so like lonely and it's been – it's hard and I kind of feel like – What's wrong with me that I can't just be happy? Like, what's wrong with me that I can't just be happy with this with this gig at home, working from home? Because the because I'm working on a treatment for my book, like so, like a TV, uh, basically it's like a TV proposal for my book Agora Fabulous. And then in May, I meet with my editor and start writing my young adult novel, and so. In a sense, I think it might be silly for me to try and get a traditional job at this point because I've got a book due September 1st, um, and it would be better to knock that out. You know, really, I, like I have a contract to fulfill. i got to get that did. Um, but on the other hand, being at home is a little nutty, and... I've just been having a really hard time. The past few days have been really hard. Um, Cabin fever is tough. Yeah. It's real hard to get over. And from what you say about, you know, getting a day job versus getting uh, – versus staying where you are, uh, I think you just – I think if you remember or if you keep in mind the goal. Like Mm -hmm. you remember like – I remember whenever you finished your book, like how – good you felt and like how awesome it was that you would finish that and actually like accomplish that and did that whenever it came out like you know you were all so happy and like up and up and everything like that and you know it's obvious to me that you know that writing does make you happy you know like the actual act of writing does make you happy like getting it out and being able to to just do to just write 
but you're also left. But the uh, I guess the paradox of that is, is that you also really like to be around people. Mm-hmm. You're very much a pupil person. You like to be around them. And writing is the loneliest thing you can do. It's so lonely. It's ex- it is so extremely lonely. Um, how do you balance that? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I read about this thing called co-working where people go and they work in um, they, you know, they rent space or there's a place in town that's free, actually, where you go and you just set up your laptop and you work. And there's the person next to you might be an engineer or an artist or whatever, but they're also like an individual sole proprietor type of person. And um, and they're trying to do the same thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like kind of just I, I don't know I mean you can even tell I'm like out of it yeah and I'm not on top of my game and this is more like a therapy session <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think I think a lot of people here uh, can relate to this and I think this can also be related to unemployment it feels like it yeah. it feels like unemployment well, like what do you do you know, just, you're just alone all the time what do you what do you do yeah, it's just – I don't know. I always thought that I was the type of person who really cherished alone time and I am. But I cherish alone time in the context of getting to hang out with other people. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I talk to my shrink about is that I think that because I've been – when I'm lonely, I think I make choices that aren't healthy in terms of like who I hang out with and stuff like that and, and the stuff that I do and – um so that was just – I don't know. I've just been having some hard realizations about that stuff lately. So I am in a bit of a sad place at the moment. And you, you know what I'd say? You're in a funk. I'm in a funk. Yeah. And I've also been – here's another thing. And a funk is nowhere near as bad as a depression. Yeah. I, feel, I wouldn't say you're in a – because I've seen you when you're depressed. And I wouldn't say you're depressed right now. I'd say you're just in a funk. Yeah, I guess I'm just in a funk. Got a little little black cloud following you around. Blah. <laughs> I don't know. That idea of going to a workspace, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think you'd thrive in an environment like that. A whole bunch of different people uh, from all different backgrounds that, you know, you could – you know, maybe say hey to. It's like, hey, you want to go get some lunch? Stuff like that. Like, you know? hey, random girl by the coffee machine. So mm-hmm. what do you do here? Yeah. Like, hello, random dude. Can I borrow a pencil yeah. for some reason? And you don't even have to talk to him. Yeah. Just being around other people is so helpful. I think I got to make myself do it. I think I have to make myself get up and do it tomorrow mm-hmm. and, like, just get out the house and go there. And, you know, here's another thing that's You want weird. me to text you and make sure you do it? Yeah, text me. I'd All appreciate right. that. Here's another weird thing. So I've been really nauseous lately. Hmm. And for it started... Uh, like when I thought I had some bad coffee like a week and a half ago, but I don't think it was the bad coffee. I'm not sure what it is. Might be stress. I think it's stress. And then I was talking to my mom's friend, and she was like, oh, "Could you be pregnant?" And I was like, "Oh my god, what?" <laughs> and she was, I was really, I was, I was definitely holding that one back. Yeah, she was like, "Could you?" Like right now, I'm kind of nauseous, and it's like, "Why are you nauseous, Sarah?" Like that makes no sense. Um, so I was like, um. Well, and she's like, do your boobs hurt? My boobs feel fucking fine. <laughs> Thank you very much. Therefore, I predict that I am not knocked up. But I've just been – I've been feeling nauseous. I, of course, immediately, I, even though there's like a very minuscule chance that I'm pregnant, I was like, let me go take a pregnancy test. <laughs> negative, of course. Yeah, negs. Took one the next day, also negative. Talked to my shrink about it. My shrink's like, 
well, you know, it could be too early to tell. And I was like, no! <laughs> like, no, you don't. I am not pregnant. Like, this Man, is something else. Yeah, that, from what you've told me, you got a really shitty shrink. I love my shrink. <laughs> I had No, I had the one. I had a, I had one that I didn't oh, like. Oh, that's it. This but is I a different one. Yeah. This is a different one. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I had a shrink and a therapist, and then I had a therapist who it just kind of kind of didn't gel with you know yeah. i wouldn't say she was shitty just didn't gel but um but no i really dig my shrink and she specializes in fertility and women's issues and stuff <laughs> so i mean obviously i don't need her for that or so i thought yeah. so she's like well it could be too soon and i was like okay that is not okay i understand that you're a woman of science and mm-hmm. that that's a good point however but i don't know i think it's stress dude working from home is driving me crazy i'm going nuts i'm getting depressed i'm getting funky i'm feeling weird i got weird nausea weird times I'm getting car sick more often than usual i don't know what the fuck's going on marcus i'm feeling nuts right now mm-hmm. that's what's happening on today's sex and other human activities i'm feeling like a fucking nutbag <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't i don't think you're a nutbag i think you're just adjusting yeah it occurred to me it could be that like maybe i just need time to adjust to the working from home thing well i mean and part of adjusting is figuring out what works for you and what doesn't mm-hmm. you know so I, i'd say like don't don't give up on it not yet because i i think what i think what you're doing is too important for your career to give up on it so too, so soon you know yeah i got i mean i gotta write this book and i gotta do stuff. Maybe I just need to make peace with the fact that through September I'm going to have this. This is going to be my schedule. Like I'm just mm-hmm. going to do it and I'm going to make it work somehow. And, and then after that I can start looking for – I can start making a change. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. I think you'll get used to it. Sorry? I got, I got used to it. Working from home? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I, I I definitely made sure to go out and work at coffee shops. I had a little. I had a rotation of coffee shops that I worked at. Oh, cool! Uh, there was one uh, Boulevard Cafe on uh, Bushwick Avenue. Mm-hmm. I'd go to the Housing Works uh, oh, bookstore it. and the Blue Stove. Like, and so I would rotate those three uh, to just kind of, you know, shake things up a little bit. And uh, and each place would kind of give me like a different kind of mindset, you know. So they were. I stopped going to Housing Works after they told you you couldn't plug in your laptop anymore. What? Yeah. Charities. <laughs> I'm gonna say that the world is my office, and so like for a little while today, Community was my office, which is a lovely place here. Um, maybe Sweet Leaf will be my office as long as I don't drink the fucking rocket fuel. As long as you don't drink the rocket fuel, oh you'll be my fine. God. Everybody, thank you for indulging my self-indulgence. Not that this program isn't generally self-indulgent, <laughs> but like I'm just in a weird place. Listen, if you um if you're good at working from home, email uh, me uh, or email us at uh, cavecomedyradio at gmail dot com, right? Oh yeah, yeah, cavecomedyradio at gmail dot com. You can also email Sarah Benincasa or Sarah at sarahbenincasa dot com if you want to. But if you've got tips on working from home without going fucking psycho. Please let me know because I feel like I just feel real weird um, about it. Okay. Well, I was thinking about something weird um, and that is now I I can't jump. I can't make this conclusion for you. But for me, I'm wondering if like the reason why sometimes it's hard to deal with shit is because I grew up with a family that loved me and is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so when shit doesn't go my way, I'm like, what? <laughs> what, what, what? Like the thing where when you, it's sort of a classic thing where you hear like, oh, people people who have everything easy, you know, 
um, they don't know how to deal with real life. Mm-hmm. That people tell themselves to make themselves feel better about going through shit. But I think it might be true. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you ever think like, well, maybe if I had a terrible family that was evil when I was growing up, like, uh, you know, I'd be better able to handle certain things. You know, sometimes I, I, I definitely think about that. Inside, and I think sometimes I actively seek out uh, hard situations and I actively seek out things that are outside my wheels and things that are hard because I did have it fucking great growing up like my my parents were awesome i mean like yeah we had we had our problems and you know we went through a bunch of shit and there were some really hard times but i never wanted for anything i never went hungry like i never like you know i never felt that my parents didn't love me or anything like that Mm -hmm. and and they're still together like you know i've yeah i've gone through a ton of shit uh throughout the years but nowhere near as bad as the people i grew up with like i grew up with people who went through some real shit like mm-hmm. people who didn't have literally did not have front doors wow like people who's like who didn't like half the time their house didn't have electricity you know and holy shit and you know it, it's you know going like seeing that shit i think made me appreciate what i had a lot more and i always keep in my head like i keep the uh what is it, the term? The, w- that which is gained too easily is esteemed too lightly. Interesting. Uh, and I, I try to keep that in my head and try to appreciate the things that I have and try to appreciate, like, what... And, I, and I'm, I'm mindful of how easy I, I've had it. Um, and, I, you know, I, I get, you know... Yeah, I've got uh, all the support in the world from, from my family. Uh, but I... You know, I try to not feel bad about it and I try to not feel guilty about it. But I guess maybe I th- I think I do okay in the like I think I mean what I try to do is I try to live up to humankind. I feel like I owe humankind something. Mm-hmm. Like since I've had it so easy and since I've you know like just not had to go through a lot of the shit that some of our listeners have had to go through. Like really, re- like we've gotten a couple emails lately from from people that have gone through things that I can't even fathom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are just you know like sound like nightmares. Yeah. Uh, and what I, I feel like in order to, it, it's fucked up whenever you feel like you have to atone for good. Right. Like you have to atone for innocence and you have to atone for, uh, I guess, the advantages that you've had. Mm. And I, sometimes I feel like I owe, but like I, I feel like I, I owe just humankind. I, I owe humankind something like giving back because of the advantages that that I've had, and I ho- I hope I I do good. Like I I hope I think that you I, do good. I hope I make this world better than you know. I hope I, I hope to leave this world better than how I found it. Uh, you make up. it more entertaining. Well, there is that. And you know, I think through in various ways, like by being a good friend, and maybe by even by doing stuff like this show, and maybe you're helping out in other ways too. Yeah, I hope so. And I think that that might be a good way to think about it. And like where, you know, you're feeling a little like if you feel guilty that you've had it so easy. And if you think that like whenever you're faced with hard situations and, you know, you find uh, that, you know, you don't know how to deal with it because at a young age, you never really had to go. You didn't have to go through the things that a lot of people had to go through. Just remember that. You know, we all go through these things. We all go through hard times. Just some of us go through it younger. Mm-hmm. Like some of us go through it at a younger age than the rest of us do. Like some people have to deal with uh, having to take care of an entire family and being in charge of paying the bills when they're 15. Jesus. You know, some some people have to go through that and some people have to like live that life uh, and deal with, you know, try to raise 
like their little brother and sister uh, because their mom is crazy. Are you talking about the TV show Shameless? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Or uh, real life. It, it just seems unfair. It seems. Yeah. It, it seems, is unfair. Yeah. You know? Life is, you know, it's like that's the old cliche is that life, life is unfair. And you're going through those same things and you're figuring out how to deal with them as they come. You know, it's you get through these things. There hasn't been a single thing that's defeated you yet. I mean, the shit that you've gone through and the shit that you've defeated and the shit that you've actually uh, overcome, it's like you've overcome some pretty hard shit, some pretty bad things in your past. Uh, and a lot of these other people, yeah, they went through that shit. They just had to go through it at a much younger age and had to grow up a lot faster than me or you did. Mm. Uh, and we're going through that and we're handling it. We just handle it. We just had to handle it later on in life. That's so, a good way of looking at it. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Like I, I think it's just you know we all go through everything in our own time, and you know we deal with it whenever it comes to us, and we don't have any choice or control over when it comes to us or when we're presented with these challenges or anything like like we have absolutely no control. The only thing in life that's certain is change, mm. uh, and you know you never know whenever shit's gonna fuck up for you. Um, some people it just fucks up early on in life. Some people later. We just, you know, don't don't feel bad that you don't know how to deal with it yet. Because once you get through with it, then you'll know how to deal with it. That's a good point. Thank you, Marcus. You're a really good friend. You're welcome, Sarah. You're a good friend too. You help me through a lot of bad shit. Whenever I'm freaking out, you help me through it. Well, that's what we do for each other. We help each other when we're freaking out about some shit. And now let's uh let's read this kid's um this kid's email which is sad and i might cry but i might but i'm i also would cry would be crying about other things too <laughs> so <laughs> it might be like a good release All let's right. just listen to this kid's email and cry while i like nauseously drink ginger ale and hope to <laughs> god there's not a parasite in my stomach or if there is it's not a human parasite let's just hope it's not a human parasite mm-hmm. i think any other parasite we can handle Oh, yeah. If I got some kind of worms or some shit, like... Worms are fine. Whatever. I've had worms. Yeah. Cats get them. Dogs get them. (laughs) Marcus gets them. (laughs) That's fine. Uh, I should just go to the doctor is what I should do. Anyway. All right. Uh, Here, what are we going to call this guy? Uh, Let's call him um, Andrew. Andrew. All right. Hey, Marcus and Sarah. I've been going through a tough time, and I think it's time to make some drastic decisions. I'm a junior in high school, and I've been going through severe depression for quite some time. I recently felt like I was making some progress, like I had come to a point where things were manageable, but I broke down again and need some advice on what to do. I feel as though I've come to the end of my life. I can no longer stand it, and every moment has slowly become less and less bearable. I'm sick of the routine that replaced my life, and I don't think I can continue any longer. From the outside looking in, my life seems great. I have a good job, high grades, and a girl in my life, my best friend who really likes me. But everything seems fake. I have lost all motivation to be around and talk to people, and I have stopped caring about school. Everything that I once thought mattered or would make me happy, or at one point did, no longer has any effect on me. Every moment feels the same, and I have reached a point of apathy in my life. I simply don't care about anything, and a feeling of paranoia, fear, and panic surrounds me. A little more about myself, I am a closeted homosexual. I am sick of feeling alone and feeling ashamed of who I am. I want to be able to meet people and develop relationships. I have tried to uncover any gay community near me, but it is relatively non-existent. 
The relationship that I am developing with this girl is only more confusing and makes things much harder to deal with as I don't want to hurt her since I made the mistake of leading her on due to a fear of being outed and severe loneliness. I have found myself stuck with two options that I have been debating for months. The first being suicide, which although I know it's messy, would be an easy solution. My second option is to wait until I turn 18, if I can last that long without killing myself, drop out of high school and take a bus to a new state, cutting all ties, and try and start my life from, from scratch. I feel like I'm no longer connected to anyone and have dreamed about this for quite some time. I'm fine with living broke and starting homeless, which I guess is better than being dead. I can find a job and live off welfare until I can afford to rent. I'm an extremely idealistic person, and it seems like American life with its conformity and consumerism are con slowly killing me, and I know that I cannot take another year in the position I'm in. I know neither cho choice is all that appealing, but they're all I have. I know that they both sound drastic, but living the same life and hoping that things will get better and I magically won't be, a de be depressed is insane. I have tried therapy, but that doesn't seem to work for me. I'm simply done with life at this point, and I know that another year in this depressing town will guarantee my demise. Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, Andrew. So I wrote to Andrew, just so everybody knows, I wrote to Andrew and told him some of the stuff that we'll be talking about. Um, so because, you know, when you get a letter like that from somebody, you don't sit on it. You're not like, well, let me just take a few days to think. You're like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to write back to this dude to let him know what's doing. Um, the first thing I can say, based on my own experience with wanting to commit, to commit suicide, is that what he's talking about is really escape. Like when he talks about... Um, wanting to kill himself and or taking a bus to a new town. <laughs> um, what he's doing is talking about escape from his pain. He's talking about alleviating his pain. Of course, the latter version is a lot less dramatic than the former version. And a lot less permanent. A lot less permanent, yeah. Because you can always like move to Arizona, and then if you're like, whoa, this state sucks, I, I can move back. Not that Arizona sucks, you guys. Um, it's beautiful. It's very pretty. I like your, your various geographical things that happen there anyway um so so he's talking about being um about about feeling lost and alone and obviously i mean you know i'm crying because i i really i relate to what he's talking about i've been there you know i, I get there I've, i was there i've been there at times rather recently and um sometimes i'm like am i there right now i don't know but uh the thing about the committing suicide is that it's it's just the last – it's the end of the line. That's it. We don't know what happens after. So I think that if you have the will, Andrew, and the courage to write to us, then you've still got a whole lot of life in you. And it's best not to snuff out that spark because – yeah, maybe you'll die and go to heaven and shit will rule. Or maybe everything sucks after we die. Or maybe nothing happens. I think that if I were, if we were gambling here and we were placing bets, I would bet that there is a third way that will be more productive, leave you happier, and uh, will take more effort, but ultimately be way better than either of the two options you've presented us with. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that's, that's what they always say about, about suicide is that it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I mm -hmm. mean, you, you have a year, uh, and a year sucks. I mean, I was nowhere near the point that this kid is at, but whenever I was a junior going into a senior, yeah, I'd 
you know, was kind of like I wouldn't say I was contemplating suicide, but I was extremely depressed and I thought there was no way I was going to make it through another year. Uh, but I did, you know, and I'm sure you, Sarah, you know, at times, you know, you thought like there's no way, you know, I'm got, I mean, I'm sure at times you thought there's no way I'm going to get to tomorrow. Yeah, like, there's there's no way I'm going to get to next week. Uh, it's too completely unbearable. Uh, like suicide is is the worst option. I mean, it's 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 the but and it's I mean, not only is it is it permanent, uh, but it's cowardly. I mean, it's something that it's like you said, it's an escape uh, that's easy. And as, as you said, Andrew, is that it's it's the easier option. And, you know, a lot of times life is is not supposed to be easy. Most of the time it's it's not. Most of the time it sucks. Uh, but the times that are good, the times whenever your fucking heart soars for whatever reason or another, they're worth the bad times. And I think that, Andrew, it's not it's not cowardly to contemplate. Oh, of course not. It's not every, cowardly to contemplate right, at all. Like no, every, don't get me don't get me wrong on no, that. No, of course no. not. I, and I didn't and it didn't come across like you were saying that. But the thing is, it makes you more of a man to stick around and to deal with the shitty feelings that you're feeling believing that they're going to make you stronger in the end that going through this tough shit is actually going to make you a stronger better person one day it will and and it will like if you uh, if you allow it to it will but this is why committing suicide sucks because who know? Okay, we don't know what happens when you off yourself. Like other than that, your heart stops and your brain stops. Like we know your body stops functioning. We don't know what happens if you have a spirit or a soul or what. But it hurts the people around you so much. So rather than do something that would actively hurt the people around you, I mean, I knew a kid in high school who killed himself, and we weren't close, but it broke my heart. Like I dedicated my book to him, you know, when, which I wrote when I was like twenty nine, um, and this happened when we were seventeen. So, and it had this really profound effect on me and on tons of people who knew him, um, and it was it was incredibly upsetting and awful. So, you committing suicide, Andrew, has this ripple effect that will negatively affect a lot of people. People you don't like, <laughs> which may bring you joy, um, but uh, but you won't be around to experience the joy of seeing them being sad. And people you love, and I'm sure it doesn't bring you joy to think that the people you love would would suffer as a result of something you did. Now, you may be thinking, oh, God, I suck so much. I'm such a shitty person. I'm so inadequate in, in whatever kind of way. I, I'm such a loser. I should just kill myself. Um... You think that, but I can guarantee you that other people don't think that way about you and that if you kill yourself, what you're actually doing is it's almost like you're punching the people who love you in the face. So it's not cowardly or selfish to consider it because, you know, it's any more than it's cowardly or selfish to to imagine what it would be like to be a unicorn. But <laughs> it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, but – it's not something that you should actually do. And if I'm, you know, if I'm emotional about it, it's because it makes me sad to think that you feel this way. But it's also because, you know, I'm feeling shitty right now, too. And there are honestly times when I'm like, well, you know, I could kill myself. And then I think, well, and then fill in everything I just told you. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying, Andrew, is that it hits close to home. Um and especially like this one key part of this piece is that 
um, the fact that you are a closeted gay is ding, 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 a key to so much that's happening with you. And when you are able to finally come out, whether that's now or in college, and oh, you need to stick around for college. Yeah, you got to stick around for college. Oh, Oh, you're going to like college. Oh, sweet college. It is so glorious. Um, You're dealing with a problem that has has a few different solutions, a few different potential solutions. So why would you just instead of – it's kind of like you have a car that's broken down by the side of the road. And you're like, I'm just going to set this fucker on fire. But a mechanic (laughs) shows up in the form of me and Marcus. A mechanic shows up and is like, hey, here are several ways that we can fix your car. It can be done. And you're just like, nah, fuck it. I'm just going to set it on fire. Um, That's basically what you're doing if you're going to commit suicide. That's just so don't set it on fire. That's just not a good idea. The way the the other way I also look at it is that you know whenever you uh, whenever a person commits suicide, the immediate effect is that you hurt everyone around you. Even even if you say like, oh, I hate everyone around me. I hate my parents. I hate my friends. Everyone at school. You know, if you do hate all of them, that's fine. You know, like you're a teenager. Teenagers hate. That's, yeah. that's what teenagers do. They hate. But whenever you commit suicide, you deny the world of everything that you're going to do one day. Everything that will help another human being. You're denying the world. You know, you're denying the person who one day uh, you're going to fall in love with and the person that one day is going to fall in love with you. The person that is going to make your life better and the person that you're going to make uh, his life better. Like that's you're denying uh the world something good you're denying the world yourself you're obviously a very intelligent young man a very thoughtful young man uh and you know i can without a doubt see good uh in you you know i I can see that without a doubt and whenever you're doing that you're you're denying the world your, your future and every and who knows what you might accomplish someday who knows what may come of your life uh all i'm saying is that fucking stick around and see you know, stick around and see what happens. Because um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, you just don't. You, I, I think it's it's another thing. It's it's like kind of selfish. It's just fucking stick around. College is another fucking world, especially for gay kids. Oh yeah. Oh my god, because schools like you can take some of that energy that you're using to want to commit suicide or run away. And instead of committing suicide or running away, you can still think about those things. Just Mm -hmm. don't do them. Take some of the energy and funnel it into researching colleges that have a kick-ass gay scene. Mm, Like kick-ass. Like (laughs) use it and to um, look at the schools, go online, see if they have LGBT, um, you know, alliances. Um, see what kind of activities they have going on campus and also look for other stuff that you like. I know that right now you, you don't feel like you like anything, but remember the things that you like when you're feeling better and see if those schools have that to offer. Because I can't tell you how many people I know who colleges saved their lives, like yeah. getting out of fucking Dodge and getting going to like far away university or even nearby university exposes you to this whole new world of people like I kind of and cock and cock so (laughs) much cock yeah you'll be just sucking and fucking as much as you want to yeah just just remember that at the end of the day college equals cock yeah like all the shit that you want all of the the 
urges and the things that that you want to do. That shit's at college. Cock awaits, young man. It does. <laughs> Cock awaits. I feel like we're there's this rushing river full of poop, and Marcus, <laughs> Marcus and I are on the other side of it, and we're yelling to you, like, just swim through it. It's so awesome over here. You get to take a shower, and there's cock. Like, see, trust us. So you could choose to just stay on where, stay where you are, mm-hmm. or you can choose to fight and swim across through the shit and the lameness to get to the reward on the other side, which is like cock and donuts. <laughs> and as far as the the second option goes the the running away as soon as you're 18 let me tell you this earlier today i was at saint mark's place where i got my wonderful new sunglasses Yay! yeah i was down at saint mark's place because i had to buy a new piece uh but i was down there and that place is filled with runaways mm-hmm. and it's filled with kids who you know probably made the same decision like you know i'm 18 i'm i'm gonna go somewhere else and those kids are on the fucking street and they're dying yeah like half of them are you know, on heroin, uh, and the other half are just wasting away. Like you, the, I have never heard not once, not once have I heard of a runaway success story. Me neither. Like you actually, ne- you never ever hear that. Like somebody's like, yeah, I fucking ran away from home whenever I was eighteen, and now I'm doing fantastic. I'm the CEO <laughs> of my own corporation. <laughs> yeah, I own my own small business. <laughs> It's like, no, that doesn't fucking happen. You run away. You don't know the way life, you don't know how life works yet. You say, like, you're going to, like, go and I'm going to get on welfare. Guess what? You have to have a residence to get welfare. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to, you know, prove that you deserve it. You can't just go to the welfare office and they give you money. That's that's not Yeah, you don't just get. And also, like, if you want to qualify for food stamps, like, you don't just get to um you don't just get it's the program is called snap now and uh and by the way uh house budget (laughs) committee chairman paul ryan is proposing many cuts to snap making it even harder to get food stamps you don't just like show up and they give you your ebt card no Um, you know you got to qualify and so you it takes and you're dealing with the u.s government here that shit will take months yeah and so you becoming a transient is not the solution either because you would just become a transient and people who are transients are often um, driven to do things like engage in sex work or Mm -hmm. or they get you know they get raped or hurt or um, or robbed or or whatever it's just not safe for you as a young boy to do that no it's a that's a a both decisions are terrible yeah we don't like either of your ideas (laughs) and we are grown-ups so we get to tell you what to do so we have a third option now third option wait for the cock Stay alive for the cock. Now, I know that you said that you um, didn't like therapy. I think you probably didn't like your therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are multiple therapists with multiple different styles. I've been to several. I had a therapist who I didn't like who I stopped seeing. I have a therapist who I really like who I'm going to keep seeing. Um, and that's how it goes. It's it's a little bit like dating. You just sort of, you know, you have to go through a few before you find the one that works for you. And if at all possible, try and see if there a different therapist in your town. If there's not a different therapist in your town, try and see a therapist in a neighboring town. I don't know if you have your driver's license yet or not, but if you can work it out with your mom or dad, um, you know, make the time to go and investigate therapy options in other places. I'd also check out um, the Trevor Project 
uh, which I believe is at trevorproject.org, which um, is a whole website and nonprofit organization designed exclusively for the purpose of preventing suicide among LGBT teens. Isn't that great? It's a group just for you. So check out Trevor Project and see some of their resources. And I would also check out itgetsbetter.org, which has a lot of videos from a lot of people, which are designed specifically for someone like you. For what you're, I mean, there's a whole like group of us out here who love you and and want to be good to you and who have better lives. I mean, listen, I you know talk about my own life and being depressed and all that shit. But I have a great fucking life. Like, I'm depressed, (laughs) but I have a great fucking life and a great support system and awesome people around me. And if I had just stayed, I mean, it's because I went to college and because I got out and traveled that I was able to have some of these experiences and meet some of the people who are a big part of my life now, who are a big part of my support system now. And and that'll be true for you too. Like you eventually will create a kind of family among friends that may come to substitute for or augment the family that you have right now. There's your family of origin and there's your family of choice. And you know, for you to have the option to get a family of choice, which is fucking awesome, where you get to pick who's in your family, how cool is that? Uh, you got to stay alive. Mm-hmm. You got to stick around. But definitely check out uh, what the Trevor Project is doing online. And if you're worried about your mom or dad catching you or something, just, you know, you can just and you feel like you honestly feel like you can't tell them that you're gay. Um, then you can just tell them you were doing research for a school project. Yeah. Or just erase your Internet history. Oh, yeah. Empty yeah. your cash. I'm sure you've been watching a little bit of gay porn. Yeah. You probably watch a little <laughs> bit of gay porn. I think you know what erasing the Internet history is all about. Yeah. And if you don't, find out. It's quite simple. But it's a <laughs> good thing to do. As for this girl that you're involved with, like, that's just – that happens to a lot of gay boys. They have a girl who's their best friend who becomes their girlfriend. And eventually, you know, a lot of times they end up coming out to that girl and mm-hmm. she accepts it and loves them for who they are. And that girl ends up being, you know, one of their good friends for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. So if this chick is really your best friend, it's entirely possible. And I don't know that you, you might be able to share with her what's going on. Yeah. And I, and that was, I think, his biggest fear with that is that he's worried that she's going to freak out and tell everybody. Mm. Yeah. So, it's, well, you know, it's yeah. a, he's got real big trust issues right now. Um, but yeah. at the very, very least, at the very least, just stop leading her on. Yeah, I would just say, uh, say to her, like, look, I don't think this is going to work. I've had a change of heart. She may get upset and be really mean to you and stuff. But like years down the line, she's going to understand. Yeah. Like She's going to fucking get it. Um, but on the but on the other, I mean, but really, I mean, it's it, is is she his only friend? Yeah, if she's your only friend, then that's different. You might want to hang on yeah. a little bit. It's I don't a, know. That, that's, that's a really – that's like the stickiest situation for a gay dude to be in. Yeah, and – well, not the stickiest. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Ohio! <laughs> but, um, you know, that, that issue is going to resolve itself one way or another. I think that what's vastly more pressing is that you not kill yourself. Yeah. And, and, and don't run away. And don't run away. Um, you know, you're going to be leaving anyway in a year and some change. You can make up a reason why you can't date this girl but just want to be friends. If you want to make up a reason, you can make up a reason. And if she's willing to roll with it, that's cool. If not, then, you know, maybe she's not the best choice of friend for you anyway. I don't know. Like, I don't want you to be alone, but I also feel like – Living a lie with a fake girlfriend isn't the best idea either. It's probably going to make you feel worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if, if nothing else, you can tell her you just want to be friends. And if she's like, do you like somebody else? You can be like, no, I don't. I just am not ready for a relationship right mm. now. Who just say that? Yeah, that's fine. Well. Well, <laughs> it's just been a doozy of a day. It, it has been a doozy of a day. And uh, listen, if you've got questions for us, cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach Mr. me and Mr. Marcus Parks that way. Um, our general message is um, don't kill yourself and keep listening to our program. That's it. Oh, and uh, one more thing, not to uh, – I guess it's weird to plug another podcast uh, that's not one of our own. Uh, also, listen to Savage Love. Uh, oh, yeah, Dan, yeah, yeah. Dan Savage, uh, he's one of the big guys in the Gets Better campaign. His uh, – his podcast is is fantastic, and he he addresses a lot of these questions and talks about a lot of this stuff. Uh, and he's Dan Savage is one of my favorite people in entertainment. Like he's he's great. It's definitely he definitely saves lives with with the work that he does. So Without a doubt, he is rocking. And he's one of my big inspirations for this show. Oh, or, cool. or one of my big influences for this. That's show. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go home and ride out this nausea and, uh, you know, um, maybe do some writing later and listen to some podcasts that I enjoy. Let's do it. And uh, thank you, Mr. Marcus Parks. Thank you, Miss Sarah Bencasa. Bye, guys. Have a good night, day, whatever. Goodbye.